If you have your Bibles, you can open them with me to the book of James. James chapter 3. James is a pastor of the church in Jerusalem during an economic crisis. Famine, agricultural crisis, economic crisis. Not much unlike what is happening in America and around the world with the exception that James's crisis was a regional one, whereas ours is a global one. But as you and I both know, when you're in the middle of a global crisis, you feel it locally. You feel it regionally. You feel it where you are. And so James is writing to people going through an economic crisis. And as you can imagine, what he says to those people is so relevant for what you and I are going through today. He's, he's so far given several principles throughout chapters 1 and 2. In chapter 3, he's going to do what your doctor tells you to do. First thing when you go into his office, stick your tongue out. That's what he's going to tell us to do. James chapter 3, we're going to begin reading with verse number 3. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man, but no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. All through grammar school, I had a friend by the name of Barry Hillgartner. We were not best friends, but we were friends. And I admired Barry Hillgartner because he had the distinct ability of doing some unusual things. One of the things that Barry could do that, that I discovered that he could do back in the third grade was he could touch his nose with his tongue. And I couldn't do that. Uh, I tried to do that. He could touch his nose with his tongue. He could turn his tongue upside down inside his mouth. I couldn't do that. He could spread his tongue out and then make the edges ruffle like, the, uh, like a clam shell. I couldn't do that. And I wanted to do that. I was envious of Barry Hillgartner's ability to touch his nose with his tongue and and turn his tongue over in his mouth without touching it with his fingers and spreading it out like a clamshell. I wanted to be able to do those things. I even remember as a third grader crying out to God, Lord, you know, 
how I want to be able to touch my nose with my tongue the way Hilgartner does. And I want to be able to turn my tongue over upside down inside my mouth like, like Hilgartner does. And I want to be able to spread my tongue out like a clamshell like Hilgartner does. Lord, let me do that. At least let me touch my nose with my tongue, Lord. At least give me one out of three. He wouldn't give me one out of three. I was not able to touch my nose with my tongue. and So it bothered me. It's amazing what some people are able to do with their tongues. By the way, Barry went on to be a very famous person. His last name is Simmons, I think. Something like that. Rock star, I don't know. Maybe not. Let me just do a little experiment. Everybody stick your tongue out as far as you can get it to go out. Go on, do it. Come on. Come on, you adults who think you're... Come on. Now, what, what I want to do here, I, I, I want to illustrate that the tongue can keep you from doing and saying some wonderful things. For instance, with your tongue out as far as you can. Come on, everybody do it. Come on. Go with me here. Come on! Now, with your tongue out, I want you to say these words. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. Come on. You can't do it. You cannot do it. You see, your tongue can keep you from doing and saying some wonderful things. It really can. And that's one of the things that James is saying to us in this passage of Scripture, you see, James knows what you already know too, and that is that when, when stress comes because of a crisis, we get irritated. We kind of get in uh, what my staff calls and, and, and uh, my family calls a funk. Jimmy, you're, you're in a funk. You need to get out of a funk. It's, a, it's, it's what you get into as a result of stress and a crisis. And when we get irritated, we tend to say things that we shouldn't say. And that is exactly what James is tackling here in this chapter. He knows that one of the, the, uh, one of the real things that happens to us in a crisis is we, we sometimes say things that we ought not to say, and our tongue reveals a lot about us. How many of you have ever been to your doctor, and one of the first things he did was he had you stick out your tongue? How many of you? Raise your hand. And then he would take a popsicle stick or, or, or something that looked like a fat popsicle stick. Open up your mouth, stick out your tongue. Ah, and then they'd, he'd stick that thing in there. I remember the first time I went to the doctor that I could remember him sticking that popsicle stick down and depressing my tongue. I almost threw up because he pushed it too far back. And he looked at my tongue. I'm told that a lot of the diseases that your body will have will show signs on your tongue. The Chinese believe that every single disease that you could have will have some symptom on the surface of your tongue. So I, I looked up uh, what, what kind of things the tongue can show us when we go to the doctor and he says, stick out your tongue. For instance, if your tongue has a white coating on it, you open up your, your mouth, stick out your tongue, and you have a white coating. It could mean that you've drunk too much milk that day, but a lot of times if you have a bacterial infection, your tongue will have a perpetual white coating. So stick out your tongue, look to your neighbor and see if they're sick. You know, go ahead and do that. 
If you stick out your tongue and your tongue is black or a very dark gray, it could be a sign that you have drunk too much Pepto-Bismol. In Pepto-Bismol, there's an ingredient called bismuth. And if you drink too much of that stuff, it will turn your tongue black. How about that? So next time you have a stomach ache, just bear with it. Just deal with it. Pray about it, maybe. But don't take Pepto-Bismol. It'll turn your tongue black. And people will look at you, and they'll remember my sermon about the tongue. Did you know that if you're on antibiotics, if you're on antibiotics for a long period of time, there are these little bitty hairs on your tongue. We don't see them normally. But if you're on antibiotics for a long period of time, antibiotics will make those hairs on your tongue grow. Isn't that a wonderful thing? You know? So that next time that you have a hair in your mouth and you can't get rid of it, guess what? It's on your tongue. Could be a sign that you've had too much antibiotic. You ever had a sore on your tongue, a canker maybe? You know, most all of us have those from time to time. Sometimes if you eat too many tomatoes during the summer, garden fresh tomatoes, the acid will cause a bump on your tongue. Sometimes if you drink too much orange juice, the, the acid, the citric acid will produce a bump on your tongue. And usually they'll last for a few days and they'll go away. They're aggravating, but they'll go away. But if you have, if you have a sore that stays in there a long time, you need to go to the doctor. It could be something very, very serious, like oral cancer. Especially if you're somebody who uses tobacco of some sort. Get one of those sores, you better go to the doctor. It could be very, very bad news. Your tongue tells you something. I was uh, over at uh, the nursing home this, thir this past Thursday morning, and, and actually I give a devotion once a month at one of the nursing homes, and I, I tried this message out in a devotional type format with those people just to see if it would work, which by the way it didn't. I had to rewrite the whole thing those folks will just tell you, well, this just doesn't work. I don't like this tongue stuff, you know. But there was a lady who met me after I got through giving this devotion, and she said, you know, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I said, really? She said, yes. Yeah. She said, I have geographic tongue. I said, geographic tongue? She said, yeah. It's one of those things you describe, but she said they also call it geographic tongue. She said you stick out your tongue and, and uh, a condition you have, a health condition you have, makes your tongue look like it's a map. And then she said, you want me to show you my tongue? I said, no, no, I don't want to see it, no. And she stuck it out anyway. So I backed off and I could see her tongue. And now, every time I think of her, I think of Google. And so when I go back over there next the first Thursday in July and I see her, I'm, I'm not going to be able to speak because I'm thinking, Google, this woman is MapQuest. <laughs> and it's all because of a health condition she has. So look to the person next to you, stick out your tongue and see if they got a map there. Listen, could be bad. Your tongue reveals a lot of things about you. If you are anemic, stick out your tongue, it's going to be rather pale. Some people have a yellow tongue, and that yellow is a sign of a bacterial infection. Need to have it checked out. It's amazing what your tongue can reveal. James says in James chapter 3 that not only can the tongue reveal physical diseases, but the tongue can also reveal spiritual diseases. 
And these spiritual diseases especially come to the surface in our lives when we are, in, we are experiencing some kind of crisis in life, whether it's an economic crisis, marriage crisis, a crisis at work, a crisis with the kids, crises at church. And so James says this. He gives us uh, several different symptoms that we can find in our tongue of a spiritual disease. I want to share with you four of them. First of all, we can, we can see that we may be spiritual sick if our tongue says one thing, but our actions say another. If our tongue says one thing and our actions say another. I think this is one of the biggest complaints that unchurched people have of Christian people, especially in America today. They hear us saying one thing, but they see us doing another. If you haven't, if you haven't seen uh, the, uh, the, the widespread publication of, of books written by Christians about how the world views us, I'm reading a book right now called Unchristian by the president of Barna Research Group. I just finished reading a book by uh, the uh, religion editor of the Washington Times called Quitting Church. I, last year I read a book by Barbara Brown Taylor, an Episcopal minister, called uh, Leaving Church. People are leaving church. And one of the reasons is, is, is not because they, they're falling out with God. In fact, statistics tell us, surveys tell us, that the, the, the majority of people who are leaving church are not leaving God, they're leaving church. That's a sad thing. We need each other. We need the church. But what the unchurched world is seeing in us is we're saying one thing and we are doing something else. James says, if that is the case in your life, it is a sign of a spiritual sickness. Secondly, he tells us that we may be spiritually sick if our tongue praises God, but it unjustly condemns people. It's hard in our world not to be hypercritical. It's hard not to be gloom and doom. It's hard not to be down on the way things are and the people who have gotten us to this point. And, and if we're in the middle of a crisis and, and our tongue starts to waggle, we're liable to be hypercritical of those closest to us. Listen, what people need today is encouragement. What our young people need today is encouragement. What our senior adults need today is encouragement. We need to know that we are needed and that we are together in this fight. It just doesn't seem very authentic, does it? For us to praise God from whom all blessings flow, you sorry rascal. It just doesn't seem congruent. It doesn't work. They're not hand in hand. We may be spiritually sick if the tongue says one thing, but the actions say another. If we praise God with the tongue and yet unjustly condemn people. And then third, James tells us that we may be spiritually sick if our tongue runs too freely when it ought to be silent. Now, I, I, you know, I think I may just kind of shoot on past this because nobody in here has this problem. <laughs> when the tongue runs freely when it ought to be silent. I'll tell you, some of the most annoying folks in your life will be those whose tongues run freely when they ought to be silent. A lot of preachers are in this club, I think, I'm afraid. 
I don't know what it is. Uh, this doesn't happen as much nowadays, but, but I've been in ministry now, uh, pastoral ministry, for about 26 years, and, and there was a time when I would get a lot of gifts. They'd be small gifts. But it seemed like when, at, the, at the time when I was getting a lot, of, uh, a lot of gifts, the majority of those gifts would be pen and pencil sets. They ran a sale on those sometime back about 20 years ago, and I just was bombarded with pen and pencil sets. And the favorite was cross pen and pencil sets. They look really good. They don't write worth the flip, and the lead never, uh, you know, it's just, but, but, but they look good. And it's the thought that counts. But boy, I want to tell you something. I had a friend who gave me a pen and pencil set one time. It was not made by Cross. I don't remember the name of it. But this pen and pencil set, gold-plated. Boy, you're talking about a good-looking pen and, and uh, pencil set. And the pen had an, a black ink cartridge with, with real India ink in it. And you would write with that fountain pen. Man, that thing would write. It was just smooth, and it would make a thick black mark and... Boy, you, you, you put your name down on a piece of paper and people could see it. This was a great writing pen. It came with instructions. You ever had a writing pen that came with instructions? Man, listen, I've never had a big ballpoint pen that came with instructions. This pen came with instructions. And I'll never forget one of the things, one of the, one of the uh, items on the instructions. It said this. It said, if, if the ink begins to, fro, to flow too freely, it is a sure sign that it's almost empty. That blew me away. Because I began to wonder if the same principle that applied to my fountain pen also applied to me and to you. When you and I start talking too freely, when we ought to be, especially when we ought to be silent, when we begin talking too freely, is that a sure sign that we're about empty? James says it is. You may be spiritually sick if your tongue runs too freely when it ought to be silent. And then finally, number four, he says this. You may be spiritually sick if your tongue is silent when you ought to speak up. You see, some of us Christians have a problem speaking all the time without listening when we ought to be listening in silence. But some of us are just the opposite. We sit silently. We sit silently when we ought to speak up. There will be someone that we know and we have a relationship with and you know that that person does not know Christ and you're with them every day maybe at work or every day at school or every other week because you get family uh, togethers, get family get-togethers. And yet you never say anything to that person about Christ. You never say anything to that person about their eternal destiny. Never mention it to them. You'll talk about the braves and you'll talk about the weather and you'll talk about the drought and you'll talk about the rain and you'll talk about uh, your grass needs to be cut, but never a word about Jesus. Sometimes spiritual sickness is seen in the fact that our tongue is silent when we ought to speak up. In the ninth grade, I had a uh, geography teacher his name was Mr. Leesman, Claude Leesman. 
he was kind of feminine, really. He was, uh, I'm guessing at that time, he was probably around 50, close to my age, although I'm not 50. He was around 50. He had a long face, long, narrow face, dark eyes, would wear glasses down on the end of his nose, and he was balding. He had one, one little swig of hair that was right here, and he would slick it all the way back across his bald head as if that one little swig of about four hairs was going to cover up everything up there. The thing that I remember about Mr. Leesman was, and I don't know why this came up in a geography class, but he began talking to us about brushing our teeth. And we're ninth graders. And I was already brushing my teeth. He said to us, you need to brush your teeth two or three times a day. Well, I was already doing that, but I, I was real shy. I was real shy, and so I, I, I'm not the type of person who would raise my hand and say, well, I'm already doing that. And there was, there, was one, there was one young man in the class who was thinking the same thing I was, but he was a talker. He was not shy. And he immediately raised his hand and said, Mr. Leesman, I've already been doing that. My mom and dad taught me to brush my teeth two or three times a day. I'm already doing that. And then Mr. Leesman said this. He says, well, do you brush your tongue? Well, we'd never heard that. I'd never heard of that. I knew to brush my teeth. Nobody had ever mentioned it. It never dawned on me to brush my tongue. He says, you need to brush your tongue. There's all kinds of wicked germs that are on your tongue. People started opening up their mouth and sticking their tongues out as if they could see their tongues. You can't see your own tongue unless you're in front of a mirror. I didn't stick my tongue out. You need to brush your tongue. And so from that point to now, I brush my tongue. When I brush my teeth, I brush my tongue. There's no Google map on my tongue. I'm not going to stick it out to show you, but there's no Google map on my tongue. What James is saying to us is, your tongue reveals your spiritual health. And from time to time, we need to brush our tongue. By the way, I discovered something about two years ago. I discovered that God is a practical joker at times. Because two years ago, I was in my bathroom on a Sunday morning, and I brushed my teeth, and I brushed my tongue, and I flossed my teeth, and I brushed my teeth, and I looked in the mirror, and I went, Amen. When you ask God to let you do something, you better watch out. He'll let you do it. Forty years later. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, help us to use our words to glorify you and to encourage other people. Lord, I remember in that third grade class, 
not only did I see Barry Hillgartner touch his nose with his tongue, but I heard people say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never harm me. And Lord, there was a time when I believed that, but I don't believe that anymore. Lord, you inspired your writer, James, to tell us that if we use our tongues in destructive ways, that's a sign of a spiritual sickness and we need to get our tongues brushed. Lord, I'm afflicted with it. Perhaps a lot of folks in this congregation are afflicted with it. And I pray that you'd help us to deal with it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.